Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Panther Pre, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson, as soon as he is uh, done having whatever tech issues he's having. And joining us today for the first time this season, but the I've lost count time uh, over the course of the podcast, our friend and our boss, Mr. George Richards. George, how are you doing tonight? Well, hello, fellas. What's going on? Oh, not too much. You know, there's nothing big coming uh, coming up uh, this week or today as we release this episode. Uh, but yeah, the the Florida Panthers season is set to begin what? tonight. What? Wow! Finally, it feels like it's been such a long road back uh, from what was a, a fortunately uncharacteristically short summer uh, for the Florida Panthers but they will make their season debut in Minneapolis uh, tonight. Yeah, I, I mentioned to my wife Ashley yesterday that the uh, Panther season was starting and the podcast is going to be ramping up again. And she's like, didn't it just end like two months ago? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I know we're not used to that kind of thing. Usually you get off from like May 1st all the way to October. But, you know, we actually won a little bit and played all the way into, what, July, was it? No. Yeah, it was, uh, it was yeah, July, the first, yeah, first week of July was game five, right? It was like July 6th. No, 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 no. <laughs> June, J- July. What are we talking about? June, June. We had the we had free agency in July. but That's what it was. Uh, my bad. I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we made it into June, and we're not used to these things, but we're back. Podcast is back. Another season of Panthers hockey um let's just jump right into it because our last pod we hadn't seen the cuts yet um Mackie Samuskevich has officially made the team uh he's going to make his NHL debut tonight Justin Sordiff didn't make the team then did make the team even though he never left South Florida he's he might make his NHL debut tonight or he's going to be a healthy scratch uh Gregory Denisenko he has gone to Vegas they had an opportunity to reclaim him and send him to the minors and didn't. We're going to get your thoughts on that, George. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob's favorite, Johnny Ludwig. He was claimed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and I'll, we're all, I want to get your thoughts on that as well, George, because you were uh, making it seem like he was going to get some time in the NHL this year. Yeah. yeah. Alexa, play taps. <laughs> <laughs> so one friend of the podcast and one former first-round pick have, have uh, left the organization. And let's just start right there. Let's start with uh, Denisenko. It wasn't too much of a surprise that he was put on waivers. He just didn't have the camp anyone was hoping for. What is a bit of a surprise is that the Panthers had an opportunity to reclaim him and didn't. Yeah, that was a surprise, right? Because, you know, then you've got the quote that you hate to, you know, you hate to make that move and, well, you could have gotten him back, right? So, um, I don't know. Maybe something was in the works with Vegas. Uh, They had the last waiver claim. Um, so they kind of figured, well, you know, Vegas maybe had a deal in place, right? We'll, we'll grab him, we'll claim him, and then we will put him back on waivers because we really want Denisenko, but we don't want him in Vegas. I don't know. I, it's obvious that Florida could have had him back. So it appears that they've given up on him. Maybe that two-year deal was a bit of a curse there for him, right? I mean, he got a two-year one-way deal and maybe the Panthers were like, he really didn't have a good camp. 
um, you know, that kind of thing. So it is what it is. It is strange, though, to, to, to see a player uh, of that, you know, caliber. We all think that with a chance he could do something, but he needs to play in the top nine, and the Panthers have a couple guys ahead of him that need to play in the top nine and in Mackie Samasekskevich and Justin Sordiff. And maybe that was the decision. They, they all can't play in the top nine, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And and I think both of those guys have passed him as a prospect. I mean, Mackie Samasekevich was arguably the best player in camp that was actually trying to earn a spot. And Gregory Denisenko was a lot of what we've seen. What surprised me was honestly that they didn't reclaim him considering – Charlotte needs bodies. I mean, I know for a fact Charlotte was not happy that uh, Rudy Balsers was not brought back when he was put on waivers by the Lightning last year. And this kind of seems like the same thing again, where it's like, hey, you know, you do got to take care of your AHL team. And uh, Gregory Denisenko would have been a fine addition to the Charlotte Checkers. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Unless unless he told the Panthers he didn't want to go back to Charlotte. I don't know. Maybe there was that conversation. Maybe he felt like that he'd graduated from that. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, he doesn't seem to be that kind of a guy. Um, you know, I talked to him um, early in camp and at the golf tournament, and he seemed excited about this opportunity. And, and you know, confidence is such a big part of anybody's game, but I think especially with him. Um, but let's go back to the Grigori Denisenko history. Uh, ever since the Panthers drafted him, we've kind of been talking about, well, if this would have happened, maybe it would you know, he was playing fourth line minutes, getting eight minutes a game in the KHL. Then he comes over here, gets hurt, and then he's playing 12 minutes a game in Charlotte. And it just never seemed to work out. This could just be Florida saying, dude, you need a fresh start. Go to Henderson, Nevada, and maybe you'll get it. I, you know, that that very well could be. Bill Zito's done that for players in the past. He has. He's sent them to better situations. Maybe they just it's not them giving up on him as much as it is you need to get away from this and then go somewhere else and start fresh. Yeah, and there's definitely not a history of former Panther players going to Las Vegas and absolutely blowing. <laughs> <laughs> not into this regime. See, Bill Zito, those guys don't think that way. They don't think about that stuff. Yeah. That didn't they didn't have anything to do with that. So that's not their deal. They don't think about that. And in in fairness, the the history that you're referring to, uh, those were players who found success uh at the NHL level with the Panthers. This is not that case. Right. Right. So yeah, so I take, yeah, so. Yeah, now that I, I think I've talked myself into that, I think this is <laughs> this is more Bill Zito. Give the guy a chance somewhere else. I think I've talked myself into that. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, Denisenko was always a weird kind of prospect to us. Uh, he always did really well in tournament play, but could mm-hmm. never really put a star season together in a league. Uh, he had some decent AHL seasons, a couple of half point per game seasons uh, at the AHL level, but nothing that you would ever consider like a 4A player. He's a good AHL player, uh, but he never really put anything together in the NHL, uh, was given the chances. Uh, he And he was never really great in any of the Russian leagues uh, that he played in um, with the context that those are generally lower scoring leagues than the North American leagues. 
Uh, I mean, Ovi had like 18 goals in his draft year or something in the KHL, something like that. And we obviously know how that turned out. Uh, Yeah. So not, not a tremendous surprise. He'll be a good AHL player and first call up for whoever decides to, to take that chance on him. Uh, Non-zero chance that he ends up being uh, just an NHL journeyman, non-zero chance that he winds up back in the KHL one day. Uh, not really that important to speculate, but fact of the matter is that he just, uh, he was never going to be able to put it together here for whatever reason. So thanks for your time. Have a good career. We'll see you later. Uh, moving off of Denisenko, uh, let's spend a minute, uh, paying our respects to friend of the show, Johnny Ludwig. Uh, one of, honestly, one of my favorite guest episodes we've ever had. Uh, apologies, George. Uh, <laughs> but that, that was such a fun episode when we had John Ludwig on, I had him as, uh, I had him slated in as that eventual, uh, like top four shutdown partner to one of our elite offensive defensemen. Uh, he's got that prototypical modern, uh, defensive defenseman, uh, plays defense first, but knows how to move the puck around. I mean, he was, a he, he has a great profile. Uh, and I think if if I'm the Penguins, I'm thinking, hey, look, uh, we have another version of Marcus Pedersen available to us. Let's take that chance. A uh, little bit of injury history with John Ludwig, but I I th- I think he has a really really bright NHL career a- ahead of him if he can stay healthy. Uh, and I am sad to see him go. Yeah, um, he was definitely a guy I think that was going to see some time with the Panthers this year. Um, he showed, you know little bit of talent there in camp, didn't he? I mean, he, yeah. he looked pretty good in the preseason. The Panthers obviously going veteran um, with defensemen, with the seven that are going to start this season with Florida. Um, obviously, Ekblad and, and Montour are out, but, but you know, they, they kept, um, you know, they kept the veteran guys. Mike Riley was never in danger of not being on this team. Um Casey Fitzgerald was there till one of the he was one of the last cuts. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure the Panthers maybe were caught a little bit by surprise on that one, trying to slip him through. But uh, maybe he gets an opportunity now with Pittsburgh to, to see what he can do. Yeah, and I got to be honest, I think we might need to stop having prospects on the podcast. Uh, we don't have a great track record of the prospects that we have on the show remaining with the team. <laughs> <laughs> the very first one we had was Adam Masker, and we all see how that turned out. Uh, Hepaniemi's gone. Uh, Jace Harlock is gone. Max Gildon is effectively gone. Ludwig is gone. Uh, I guess we do have the benefit of having had Matt Kirstead uh, on the podcast uh, a couple of seasons ago, and he's obviously still with the team. But yeah, we don't we don't have the best track record of. Uh, of, of the of the prospects that we that we have on the show oh and of course how could i forget uh cole schwinn Who? yeah <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we need to stop having prospects on the podcast especially the ones we like <laughs> yeah. well hey that's the nature of the beast when you're talking about the yeah. panthers right now right just you know they are going for it they, they don't have draft picks and they've been trading away prospects and you know, just that's the way things are right now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see a first round pick again in uh, 2026, hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. Assuming we don't trade it. <laughs> um, we'll see but, what's on the market at the deadline this year. <laughs> but okay. Let's now, but now let's actually move on to the, the team, the, the players that made it 
like we mentioned, Mackie Samuskevich, Justin Sordiff, and Jacob, I'm going to make you say the defenseman's name because I'm never going to Uvis get it Bolinskis? right. That one. What's difficult about that? I don't know. I I, I just I just keep wanting to, wanting to say Bolinskis. That's fair. Yeah, that you, yeah, you, can, you can do that. Bolinskis. I, I tell you what, I talked <laughs> to him. I talked to him on Tuesday. He's terrific. What a great story that guy is. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I mean, just think about it. I mean, he's not stuck, but kind of stuck. If you're in the Czech League and you're 25, 26 years old. That's kind of what you are, right? I mean, maybe you get to go back to the KHL. He he was not thinking about the NHL. He said he had forgotten about the NHL because it just wasn't a thing anymore. <laughs> and then the Panthers call, hey, we're coming to look at you. Hey, we want to talk to you. Hey, let's go to dinner. I mean, the Panthers came after him. It's just a good story. I mean, he's just seems to be so excited to be here. But then you see him on the ice. And like Paul Marie said, doesn't look nervous at all. He's a veteran guy. He's, you know, he, he, you know, this is his first taste of North American hockey. And you think, you know, you always think those guys need to adjust a little bit. He's looked terrific. So, you know, good for him, man. And just a, that's a, that's a nice find. We talk about draft picks and we talk that the Panthers are scouring everywhere they can go to find players um, to make up for those, you know, the draft picks that they don't have. Yeah. And Belinskis is a great story, like you mentioned, George, because he also, I mean, he came out of nowhere as far as training camp goes. We're all we've all got eyes on 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 Samuskevich, on sort sure. of on Ludwig, on Evan Noss to a lesser degree. Uh, I mean, there there are guys that Panthers fans are watching at training camp thinking these are the guys who we we want to make the team or we want to see how they do. I didn't see anybody talking about Belinskis going into preseason. Well, I was told to keep an eye on him. Like I was told this is a guy you want to watch. I was like, all right, I'm going to watch him. And I, I, I think I mentioned him as one of three. Uh, yeah, I actually did. It was Mackey, uh, uh, Belinskis and uh, Ludwig. Lud- yeah. Th- that would be three players who could play for the Panthers this year. Two of them are going to be on the opening night roster. Which One's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it would be this soon, and I don't think that the Panthers were expecting it this soon. I thought they, I thought they really wanted him to go to, to Charlotte and get things started, but he showed in training camp that he deserved to be there. So here he is. Yeah, and, and this wasn't even a waivers; he was waivers exempt. Yeah, so it wasn't was... like it wasn't like you know that you know wait you know they didn't want to lose him through waivers. He didn't even have to go through it. So he. So so you're telling me they could have sent Belinskis to Charlotte and kept yes. John Ludwig? Yes, I'm telling you that, yes. Hmm. That, that, that seems like some poor paper management, especially if they were planning to put uh, Ekblad on LTIR because you could have kept both. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you've got a 23-man roster right now, one of which is Sam Bennett, who won't play tomorrow uh, Thursday, but right. – that's right. It is twenty three. So no, that, it's that twenty three now. When you add sort of, it's twenty three. Yeah, that's my that's Plus, my mistake. Alex, you do also have to consider in that that clearly they saw something in Belinskis that forced their hand on sending down Ludwig instead. Well, I guess the question is: Is Belinskis going to play tomorrow, or is he Correct. number seven? I, I think he's number seven on, on yeah Thursday. Okay, that's the way. Again, it, that's the way it's that's the way it's looked in practice. Yeah. So, and you would rather the twenty seven year old be the number seven than. Uh, a homegrown drafted prospect 
who's a few years younger than that. So yeah. if you have to send one of them down to get playing time, you'd probably rather send the younger kid, even though that does risk putting him on waivers, unfortunately. Um, like we said, they were clearly caught hard that Ludwig was going to get claimed. Yeah. Yeah. And let, let's, uh, you know, let's not forget Pittsburgh has to keep him on the active roster for what, 30 days. So yep. maybe they decide to sneak him through. Then the, the, that one, the Panthers will reclaim. So <laughs> it won't happen. <laughs> I would hope so if Pittsburgh it won't uh, happen. if Pittsburgh makes that move, but yeah, we'll yeah. we'll have to see. Um, yeah, so George, you actually started tweeting out a couple of uh, a couple of lines, or more specifically, uh, you tweeted out one line, uh, and it's one line that kind of lets us know what the other lines are going to end up being, uh, yeah. because of course the question is with Sam Bennett out, mm-hmm. what happens to the lineup? And you tweeted earlier today, uh, I suppose yesterday as as this is released, uh, that the third line at practice was Sam Reinhart flanked by the rookies. Yeah. That uh, was which... only because Anton Lundell was out, though. Uh, so we're not seeing like a, a an Etu Lundell-Kachuk second line with sort of Reinhardt-Sam Miscavige as the third? No. No, um, it's going to be, yeah, sorry. That, that was just a fill. It <laughs> sort of was just filling in, um, and Reinhardt was filling in, and Samuskevich moved from the left to the right. So <laughs> that third line was just kind of a, a hodgepodge of stuff. But, no, uh, the third line will be Lundell centering Samuskevich on the left and Reinhardt on the right. So Atu moves up to 2C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it who will be centering Cousins and Kachuk. Who's been slotting in at 4C? That's kind of been a bit of a revolving door between Nick Cousins, Stephen Lorenz, uh, Kevin Stenland. Yeah. Who's who's making that opening night uh, fourth line center? I, I it, today it was Stenland, okay. um, but I think I think he and Lorenz just flipped back and forth. You got Lomberg yeah. on the left, of and course. then Stenland <laughs> and Lorenz just just kind of slide back and forth. So I've seen Stenland. Stenland did it on Wednesday, um, but Lorenz has been doing it. So, you know, it'll just be one of those things. I'll I'll pencil in Stenland for tonight's game, but um, yeah, and we know we know Paul Maurice does have a history of. Uh, I think this is a strategy that he and Bill Zito kind of work on together, uh, because it seems like every single line that the Panthers roll out have two natural centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, of either handedness, so players or the the team can take face offs on the strong side, no matter which side of the ice they're on. With Correct. basically the exception of Barkov, always takes his face offs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you got to think that Rodriguez, Rodriguez could do that, right? Verhage's a natural center too. Let's not lose sight of that. Yeah, but <laughs> I know he he plays much more much more of a wing game, but he yeah. he was a center uh, back in his day. Uh, I'm really excited about that top line, George. Uh, mm-hmm. That that Verhage Barkov Rodriguez line. Uh, what 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 does that look like to you? How many how many goals is Evan Rodriguez gonna gonna score because he's playing with Verhage and Barkov? Well, he's had opportunities <laughs> in the past, right? I mean, this yeah. isn't his first uh, his first rodeo with a, with an elite center. No, he played um, with McKinnon. <laughs> yeah, and and Sir Sidney, right? So um, he's played with 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 high-end guys before but they just i don't know man barkov just it, it's just such a he's just such a cerebral player that he's gonna find 
Rodriguez. If Rodriguez wants to score, he's going to be able to. I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, Verhage's going to open things up as he always does. Oh, yeah. um, I, I agree with you. I think that top line um, is the line that nobody's really talking about because you just take for granted that you've got Sasha Barkov centering it. You just take for granted that, you know, Verhage, you know, a 40 goal score, um, <laughs> you know, as we all, as we all envisioned, um, so you just don't talk about that one very much. It, it's in safe hands it, and, right. and they really could light it up. Yeah, for sure. And they can, and, and but you just take, you just always assume that you just always assume that line could light it up at any point. Absolutely. I, I mean, Barkov is obviously your perennial Selkie talking point. Great two-way player. Rodriguez, also a very underrated two-way player uh, who is a perfect complimentary piece uh, to cap off that top line. And I think I, I genuinely believe that that, that coveted title of uh, the most underrated player in the NHL right now, I think it's for Hagee. He he's, he's had consecutive yeah. 30 goal plus pacing seasons and Panthers fans know how great he is, but outside of uh, outside of Florida, yeah, not a ton of people are talking about him. Yeah, I mean, Tampa, no Tampa Bay obviously again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, like I said, Tampa Bay pays attention. So outside of the state of Florida, um, but yeah, I mean, just unbelievable. And talking to Paul, Paul Maurice about and and and, and Verhage again, a guy that really nobody's talked about this camp because there's been so many other storylines. Yeah, um, he's coming off 43 goals, and and we did right. talk about it last year, obviously, because you were just. We just sat there in amazement, and, and that was with getting very little power play time. That he was getting power play two time last year. Now, when, right. when injuries and stuff, he end, eventually made it up to power play one, but he's not on power play one now. You've got a forty-three goal guy on your second power play unit. So, um, just like I said, talking to Paul Maurice about him last year, um, the expectation is that he can do this. At any time, they do not want him passing. They Barkov does not want him passing it back <laughs> to him. They want Verhage to shoot the puck. When Barkov gives it to you, buddy, shoot it. And he has no problem with that. So good on him. And, you know, I, I think we're going to see more big numbers. I don't know if he'll ever hit that number again, but maybe. I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I buddy, Buddy's going to get paid next year. Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, he's It'll got be, two more be years worth every penny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He he has been he has been perhaps the best move in Panther history, the best acquisition as far as what you paid for him, what you're currently paying for him. You've got it. You got him on a two year deal worth a million bucks a year when you got him in 2020. Then you sign him to a three year extension that is exceptionally team friendly mm-hmm. four mil and you you've still you still got him you've got him yeah. this year and next yeah, how I much mean, does zito wish he had gotten six or seven years out of that, <laughs> out of that yeah. negotiation <laughs> yeah because he because reggie might have signed it yeah you know, that would have been Reggie awesome i just signed a five-year extension but let's uh, not forget when they signed that deal, that was, you know, for Hagee was, you know, that was his first full year and it wasn't even a full year. It was a COVID year when he signed that three-year extension. That's why I'm saying for would have signed for five. He would have signed for six. Heck, heck yeah, I'll take that. 
Um, I, I think the team was thinking, well, how about three is a good number? Well, let's see how this goes. And now, yeah, you're right. Zito wishes it was longer. Yeah, his his three seasons with Florida are 18 goals in 43 games, which is pacing over 30, 31 and 78. Uh, sorry, 24 and 78 uh, and 42 and 81, obviously. Uh, yeah. So a, a consistent, great goal scorer. And uh, I just have this pulled up. There are only six players in the league who had more five-on-five goals than Carter Verhage did last season. They are David Pasternak, Connor McDavid, Mika Rantanen, Jared McCann, Braden Point, and he and Jack Hughes both had 28. Yeah, good company. Right above Jason Robertson and Austin Matthews, for the record. Um yeah, I mean we don't we we spend so much time fawning over Higgy. We don't need to spend that much time on it uh here, but it'll it'll be really fun to see him follow up that 40 plus goal season. <laughs> Speaking of 40 goal seasons. Oh, what a transition, George. You ready? The king. The king. <laughs> Nick Cousins on the second line. <laughs> it could happen. Uh, hey, listen, 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 listen. I'm not. I, I obviously say this in jest, but everybody loves Nick Cousins. Oh yeah. Um, they obviously saw something in the postseason, and it fell apart against Vegas. But they think something is there. They think that nobody's ever given Cousins a chance. He's always been your fourth line guy. He, he's you know the healthy scratch. Um, they think something good could happen there. Now, Bennett's not there to start the season, but but that too is. Um, so maybe not right away. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but if that sticks, I mean, this could be one heck of a year for Cousins because he's just never gotten this opportunity before. Yeah. He, he did play a bit of uh, that second line right wing last season also. Uh, and he was – a pleasant yeah, surprise but not until, the, not until the end of the year, right? Up right. Playoffs. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. was definitely a pleasant surprise in that spot. Uh, had that big goal against Toronto. Yes, let's, he did. Let's never forget that. Nick Cousins is responsible for sending the Panthers uh, to the Eastern Conference final. I know a lot of people are, you know, are criticizing keeping him there. Um, but I'm interested to see. I mean, the coaches yeah. obviously like it, you know, so let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I am a little disappointed just in that I was really looking forward to seeing that Kachuk-Bennett-Samuskevich line in the NHL during the regular season. Yeah, uh, and maybe you do. Right, we we just might have to wait a little bit longer, and that's if Cousins doesn't just blow up at second line right wing at the beginning of the season, because if he works there, you don't move him. Um, right. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, it's one yeah. of those situations where if you can put a depth guy in your top six and lose zero production, it makes your lineup that much deeper because now you yeah. have better guys on your third and fourth line that can go and dominate matchups. Like there's a reason the Panthers third line of Reinhardt Lundell and X is so effective because they're going up against third line, other teams, third lines that are just nowhere near as talented. Right. So when you can get a, Rodriguez or a Cousins in your top six and lose little production, you just be, make your team that much better. So I think we pretty much hit on how we expect most of the lines to look and do. Let, let's move down to uh, what is uh, what seems like a bit of a mishmash of uh, of the defense. Yeah. Um, the the six, I believe we're we're going into the season with six left-handed defensemen. 
Uh, George, what do those pairings look like? What do we oh, What do we I, think we're going to see there? It, you know, it, it, I, I still have to figure it out. I mean, <laughs> um, you've got Forsling. I think it's Forsling with OEL, right? Um, Mahura with Kulikov. And uh, who's left? McCola, uh, Nico McCola, and Riley in yeah. uh, Mike okay. Riley. I believe that's how it goes with uh, with with the Belinskis as uh, number seven. Okay, so. Wrestling and OEL. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how well OEL does in a uh, a top pairing kind of role because we know that Forsling is going to be that one D uh, going into the season. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's one of those read and react situations for the Panthers. Um, yeah. Nothing. Obviously, nothing is written in stone. Um, and I think you could have you could have it. This whole thing mixed and matched in the third period tonight against Minnesota and a whole new different set Saturday in Winnipeg. I, I you know, I, I think we're going to see all kinds of different things um, until they find something they really like. And that's just the way it's going to be. And that's yeah. why the Panthers did what they did on July 1st and signing all those guys um, for that depth and just see what sticks. And maybe tonight it works out great and you, you roll with it again Saturday. But if it doesn't work Saturday, then maybe it's different Monday. You just don't know how it's going to work. So um, I expect the, the, the Florida Offense knows they need to score some goals because <laughs> it 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 could it could be kind of a mess back there at times. Yeah, offense is going to need to score goals, and thirty-five-year-old Sergey Bobrovsky is going to need to stand on his head some nights. I, I, yeah, let me tell you, that's another guy we haven't talked about much this training camp. Do you know how good Sergey Bobrovsky has looked in training camp? Tell us. He he has looked terrific. Sergey Bobrovsky looks like he's in midseason form, and I know it's just practice and everything. He's making phenomenal stuff. He made a save today um, going against the first-team power play that I cannot believe. I was standing on the goal line, and I was like, I can't believe that puck didn't go in. Like, it was a wide-open net, and I forget what player it was. It might have been Reinhardt jab- jabbed at the puck on, 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 on the doorstep, and – he knocked it away coming from the other side. And I was like, this is practice, number one. And Bob's just dialed in. He's just dialed in. So, um, you know, he'll probably give up eight goals tomorrow, that said. but uh... <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> but he has looked really, really good. So um, just, you know, just one man's two cents. Yeah, you know, TJ mentioned a couple of days ago on our last pod that uh, he thinks that the that this this last postseason run really fired Bob up, uh, and we we should expect uh, we should expect a a bit of a return to form. I'll say I I know he was he's been better uh, the last year and a half or so than he had been the couple of years sure. before that, um, but TJ made a really good point that if Bob can take the right lessons from this postseason run, he's going to look like the Bob that won two Vesnas uh, and not the sub 900 save percentage Bob. 
Um, right. So that's really promising. Spencer Knight sent down, presumably, so he can get a little, a few extra reps uh, in Charlotte, more so than he would get up here. Uh, I think that's the right call. Well, it's the call that was made long ago, right? Yeah. I mean, this this is uh, how we expected it to go. Right. Um, they're you know they went after an NHL goalie, and yes, Anthony Solars on July one. He was he might have been the first guy they signed on July one. So they made it pretty clear um that this was kind of their thought process and you know listen speaking with spencer a number of times he seems great um i I think he's glad that the things are out in the open and everything's clear and everybody you know he's he's spencer spencer man everybody loves that kid so um, they loved him before. They love him now. They, you know, they, you know, they've they've always uh, had uh, high. Reg- he's always been held in high regard. So going down to Charlotte, he knows it's nothing personal. Um, he knows he needs to get the work in. Charlotte is a nice place to be. Yeah, but there's that. But you know, with that whole OCD thing, there you know uncertainty sometimes. From what I've read. Um, uncertainty in things can 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 you know can kind of you can fixate on things right and that was part of the problem um and and i don't know you know i I think now he's just kind of taking it day by day and whatever it is you know like he told me if i'm in charlotte man i'm in charlotte let's go win in charlotte if i'm in florida let's go win in florida just just wherever you're at be the best you can be. And I, I think that's maybe a, a, a mental change that he had to make. Yeah, and and I, I think you're right in the sense that like, you know, the fact that he knows, Hey, I'm starting the year in Charlotte, how long it's going to be. We don't know, but this is where he's starting. There's no pressure to, you know, win games at the NHL level or earn your four and a half million dollar contract. It's just, Hey, go be you get games in, make up for the lost time last year and we'll take it from there. And I, I think that's a good thing for someone who is struggling with an obsessive, you know, compulsive disorder where it's like, you've got a plan, stick to the plan and everything will work itself out. Hopefully it all works out. And this is going to be a good opportunity for him to, to log something big because, you know, this is Bob's net. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky is going to get a lion's share of the starts. Um, even in the beginning of the year, I mean, look at, look at the schedule. It's Thursday, Saturday, Monday. Thursday, Saturday, and then it then it lightens up from that. So there would not be many opportunities for Spencer Knight to, to yeah. play, and he needs to play. And then talking to Anthony Stolarz, he's been an NHL backup um, for, for the last couple years. He kind of has that mentality. He knows what it's like to go in on a back-to-back and have to, you know, if you give up five goals, it doesn't matter if your team scores six. And I think Alex Lyon – had that attitude and look how well it served him. Um, you know, you remember that Boston game that they won in overtime just before the all-star break. Um, what was the score of that game? Six, five, five, four, something like that. Um, I think you're right on that. No, no. The one right before the all-star break was like three, two. Was it? That's well, all it was. Anyway, Alex yeah. Lyon made the saves that, that counted and they got the win. And, uh, that's all that mattered. That's all that mattered to him. When I guess when you're the backup, you don't care about the stats all that much. You do right. because you know you got a contract next year. But 
you prove that you can win as you're going to have a job and these guys know that so and yeah. on that stolars has the stats to back it up too um, yeah he's, he's that's why the panthers went after him yeah so eight, 899 save percentage last season but that needs to be contextualized with the fact that he played on the anaheim ducks who finished bottom of the league uh and i want to note that stolars despite that 899 had a positive goal saved above expected last year to the tune of a 2.23. Uh, he has never had a negative wins above replacement value throughout his entire career. Uh, and the the three seasons prior to that 899 season last season uh, was 917 for the same Anaheim Ducks, 926 for the same Anaheim Ducks, 944 for the same Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, so that's solid. Yeah, he's a good backup goalie. Like, yeah, and he was obviously targeted. Um, yeah. The Panthers could have re-signed Alex Lyon. Yeah, they could. He didn't get some crazy contract. He didn't get a he didn't get a Radko Gudis contract in Anaheim. He got a he got a a very nice deal in Detroit. Florida could have given him that, no doubt about it. Yeah, Florida wanted to upgrade the position, and as much as everybody loved the Lion King, um. They they wanted to go in with, you know, Bob, you know, an NHL caliber guy and Stolarz and Knight. So they, they yeah. feel that they, you know, that that's all the goalie department anyway. So right. they made that decision. Stolarz also has the unique benefit of being six foot six. He's a big is, son of a gun. Not many. This is a big team. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, the, the Florida Panthers are not small. Oh, my God. They got some big boys. Lorenz is a big guy. Richie's going to, you know, if Richie joins up eventually, you know, he's, he's big, yeah, I, I, you know. Well, let's ask, but what's the story with, uh, with Richie? I know obviously he hasn't gotten a contract yet. He's not allowed to skate with the team, but is this a Eric Stahl situation where it's like, Hey, if uh, we decide we need you or have the cap space to do it, which technically they do right now, you're yeah, coming they've got, in. Yeah. They've got the space. Um, what I was told, what I asked, well, I I asked Paul Maurice in you know a group setting. I'm not saying I had a conversation with Paul. It was you know it was with everybody. Um, Paul kind of like alluded to the ball is now in Brett Ritchie's court. He's got some thing, you know, he's got to talk with his family. So I go, so that means you guys are thinking about him in Charlotte, then, right? Because if if it was Florida, he would have signed it. Right. So and and. Paul Maurice was like, yeah, that's kind of the deal. So I think they want him to start in Charlotte. So that's what he's got to decide. Do I want to do an AHL, uh, do a two-way and start in, in in Charlotte and try to work my way back that way? Or are there other opportunities out there in the league? Does Anaheim have a spot? You're, you know, does another team have a spot um, to start at the NHL level? So that's the way it sounds to me. But it sounds like the Panthers have made the decision that if Brett Ritchie wants to sign, they will sign him. Um, but but he wouldn't, he wouldn't start here in Florida. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. And honestly, it's Charlotte needs depth. You yeah. don't turn that away. If he's willing to do it. Right. And, you know, then, then it becomes down to dollars too. what's my AHL pay, you know, that kind of thing too. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out. So, so George, now that we've talked up and down the roster, we know what we're working with. We know what the team's going to look like. Uh, the million-dollar question with all that said, 
is the Atlantic is still probably the best division in the whole sport. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it is only getting stronger as uh, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, and Montreal continue, uh, continue to improve. Where do the Florida Panthers finish in this extremely competitive division? I'm picking them in the top three. I don't know where they're going to end up. Um, you know, this is definitely a year you could see five coming out of the Atlantic, but, but who knows? I mean, you've got those Metro teams as well. I, you know, it, it's just so tough to say because, um, does Buffalo make that jump? Does Ottawa make that jump? I think Detroit, uh, people sleep on them a little bit. Um, we all can agree that Montreal is number seven and they give everybody fits. So who knows what happens with them? I mean, you know, we think Tampa Bay is going to gonna drop down a little bit. It's going to be real tough to, to <laughs> not having Vasilevsky there for a while yeah. is going to hurt them because of what he means to that team. That's just was the, you know, that, that's just no ordinary guy. That's not there. That, that's a big piece of the Tampa Bay deal and he's not there. So yeah. that's going to hurt them early on. Um, what does Boston do? I mean, you've got a lot of a lot of different situations in this division. Um and, and and you know, time will tell, but you know, Boston won their opener, Montreal lost in a shootout to Toronto. I mean, these are, you know, obviously early early deals, but this is a this is going to be a tight division. I mean, 1 through 7. Uh, you, there are no gimmies. You're not going to you're not going to win 3 of, you know, you're not going to get seven out of eight points against Montreal very easily. You're not going to do that <laughs> against Ottawa. You know, you know the, the, the you can always count on getting those those bottom feeder points. You're not going to get that in the Atlantic. I don't oh, think you're going to see a lot of a lot of a lot of dog fights. Yeah, the, yeah. the the power dynamic has definitely shifted to the east. I mean, we already knew that, but it's even more this year where the bottom feeders are in the west. Uh, there's not a lot of points out there. George, one last uh, off-ice there. What First off-ice thing I want to ask you about, like last thing we really want to ask you about before we get you out of here, and it's a common question I'm sure you've heard a thousand times. Why is it the Panthers do not have a third jersey this year? Oh, you're going to have to read. You're going to have to you know, check, <laughs> check FloridaHockeyNow.com, please, for the mailbag that published this morning, um, 8.30 a.m., FloridaHockeyNow.com. Um, I answer your question. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they never really ever um, were sold on it. That's number one. Yeah, yeah, we know. Uh, yeah, they're in the works. Yeah, yeah, we've got drawings. But I think last year when those uh, those the reverse retros came out and and they saw how popular those were, I think now they're they're receptive to it. Um, Problem is now you've got the fanatics deal. So, yeah. You know, day late, dollar short kind of thing. Now that they kind of want to do it, they're kind of like hamstrung a little bit. Now, Boston can, you know, have 18 jerseys if they want, but, <laughs> you know, diff- so different, it, diff- different deal for the Panthers. So it's, it's, it's a different thing. So it's basically, it's a different standard. Like if the Panthers want to have a third jersey, like, they got to be planning way in advance, get Adidas or their soon-to-be fanatics on board, and then do it. Boston, what you're saying is Boston can call 
at the at, you know at eleven thirty the night before and say, hey, we want a you know a fifteenth jersey for you know Back to the Future night, and it's it's going to be ready to go in the morning. I can't prove that, but yes. <laughs> because you know how many of those back to the future Boston jerseys are going to sell and yeah. everybody knows it. Fair enough. I, you know, I mean, because the Panther one, they'd have to, it, it, they would have to nail it to sell it on a, you know, on a wide scale. If it's just a little bit off, if it's just, and it sits and it doesn't move, then, you know, what did you just do? Um, so, Listen, I, I think they would have to really push the issue. Um, and again, they've never been that. They should have had one years ago, and they never pushed for it. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean. They but it is it not with- forthcoming. There is not a 30th anniversary jersey. That's such they're, a shame. They're not even wearing a 30th anniversary patch. They're, they're, it's just not forthcoming. So unless Reverse Retro comes out, and I believe Fanatic said it's not anytime soon there you are all right uh i think that's everything then george is maybe, there maybe for to... the maybe for the 40th anniversary season is there <laughs> anything you want to get off your chest you know talk shit about acc officiating and how they uh, only care about tobacco road listen i'm listen it would, it would so i could sound like a florida state fan because that's their big gripe right? right that's all I, every fsu fan I've, I've ever met all they do is talk about the effect whatever Whatever. They should have taken a knee. Yeah, you should have taken a knee. That's on Mario Cristobal, not the refs. The refs made a bad call. He was down. But so what? Yeah, you should have taken a knee. Cleveland Gary was down. What are we going to do? You know? to, quote, to quote Jimmy Johnson, if you leave it in the hands of the officials, they're going to take it away from you. Right. The the Florida, Pan- the Florida Panthers. The Miami <laughs> Hurricanes had that game won. All you have to do is take a knee. It's the easiest play in football. Take a knee. They didn't. Whether they didn't know the math, which is ludicrous to think, or if Mario just was like, we're going to ram it down their throats one more time, regardless, they lost. They, and they've, you know what? They have to, to, to their credit, and for what, you know, Red, you know, seems like they're taking, taking the blame, they're taking the fall for it. It is what it is. You know, it's that, it, you know, you move on. You got a new game on Saturday. Get ready. I think that does it for this episode. Rate us five stars. George, where should they rate us five stars tonight? Um, I would go to, uh, I don't know, Yelp. Is, All that, right. where you, is that where people. you rate people? A classic answer to start off the season. I, I don't know where you go to rate things. <laughs> uh, Uber. Uber. You, Uber. You get, rate you, us. You, yeah, give, give, give you, yeah, five stars on Uber. I'll do it. There you go. We'll rate you five stars back for your listening experience. I'll, 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 I'll tip you in the app. I'm not tipping you. <laughs> George, thank you so much for your time. Everyone, enjoy the game tonight. Welcome back to another season of Florida Panthers hockey. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers. Go Panthers.